Welcome to the IP2 podcast. Felix, how was your trip to Moncton today? Well, it's always sad to leave home, but I'm very thankful for the miracles of technology that I can still talk to you despite the distance between us and continue making this podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, Just a regular Tuesday. Yeah, it is a little bit later than our normal recording time. On Sunday, when we normally record, we were busy making a bit of an epic journey up to Edmonton and back and having a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, we went up to Leduc for their RTN for the last one of the season, and it was a long drive. Two cars made the trek. Um, I guess technically three, because Logan was already there, I think, in Edmonton. So we had about mm-hmm. nine people at the RTN, nine or ten people. Pretty good showing, I think, for 26 people at the event, and just under 50% was from a different city. Yeah, that was really good. And for the first time, you came up in my car. Normally, you hitch a ride with one of your close friends, Arthur, coming from the south of Calgary, but I guess you couldn't make it this time, and we you got to experience what it's like to be driven up by me. How was that? <laughs> did you like it? You know what? I did, actually. I am the driver of my family and a lot of my friends, so it was nice to actually be a passenger for once and not have to worry about keeping a constant eye on the road and just be able to enjoy the drive. And from what I could tell, you were a pretty, pretty safe driver. So it was an enjoyable experience. Hey, I appreciate that. I, people that know me know I love to drive. I don't really love being a passenger. Maybe I have control issues. I just like to be in charge. It doesn't really mesh well with the amount of flying that I do. Uh, but there's maybe it's the fact that I can see where I'm going as a passenger in the car and, and always want to correct the driver. It's probably for the best for everyone that I just drive. Hey, it seemed like it, it worked well. So yeah, it was uh, Sunday that we had the tournament. And how did you prepare for the big event, Shay? Um, I didn't. This was really awkward for me. I couldn't really figure out what deck I wanted to settle on. So uh, the, I guess two nights leading up to the RTN, I was um, just kind of looking in some of the discords at Riptide and Icelander um, chats, as well as kind of consuming some YouTube content regarding the, those two heroes. They were going to be probably my final choices. I did have Viserai, but that was never an option because somebody didn't bring a Crown of Dominion for me. You're, you're again going with this crowded Dominion story and blaming me for, for all of your issues again. I didn't, I didn't say who specifically. You're just mm-hmm. assuming that you were the guy because you mm-hmm. said that you had one that I could borrow and then never presented it. So, um, But I didn't make the claim. Um, it's just but, like yeah, one basic... of those things. Like You should definitely come over someday. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. unless you make plans, it's never going to happen. Yeah. No, it was okay. I didn't need to take three decks and then um, finalize in the store uh, like I did with two. So, um, but that was kind of my really lack of prep. It f- I felt very un- underprepared. Um, in previous um, competitive seasons, I locked in my hero and was committed to it way in advance. So it was easy to pick that hero, play it, put some reps into it make some changes um, if there was things I didn't like. And in this situation, I just kind of, I didn't have anything. So uh, it, was, it was pretty rough for me. How about you? How did you prepare for this one? Yeah, it was um, fairly straightforward because I had a deck from the previous week that had performed decently well. 
I knew that there were going to be a bit of a different meta up in Edmonton, just uh, doing a little bit of spying in various discords and asking around. I <laughs> tried to get a sense about which decks some of the top players or some of the players that I knew of were likely to be on. I thought that there would, might be a few more rune blades, um, a few more aggro decks, so I just swapped out three cards, I believe, from the deck that I played last week. And yeah, it, it was fairly comfortable for me, at least. So one of us was sweating, and I, I remember you were still agonizing during the car ride which one to submit for the tournament. Yeah, I was so non-committed, and I kept second-guessing myself on my choice, and really what I ended up doing was just beating myself up over um, thinking about the tiniest details, like, oh, what if I face a Dromire? What if I face uh, you? These decks don't, or this deck doesn't perform well into Oldham, and this deck doesn't perform well into Dromai. and I was really deliberating over the dumbest little minutia of the event, which it might not even come to fruition and would never have to play you, so... That was my biggest takeaway, just kind of like pick something and commit and your matchups are your matchups and you also can't control what Gem gives you. Yeah, and I think you were in a bit of a tough spot because you judged one of the two tournaments they've had an opportunity to go to and now this is your one chance to play. So you feel a lot of pressure to get, get it right and that could lead you to worrying a lot about minor details that maybe if you had a second shot maybe you you would feel a little bit more comfortable letting go do you do you think that played into it at all oh absolutely okay so who did you end up uh registering uh, of my two choices between riptide and icelander i finally settled on icelander um in in my little bit of prep on the night before i was thinking about the, like you said, the last weekend's RTN and who would be playing and also who is going up from Calgary. And the sense that I could get that I kind of figured the meta would be would be low AB and high red counts and lower blue counts for a lot of the decks out there. So I decided to choose Icelander on a Weathervane build. And the game plan was to tax above the resource curve that these decks are performing at since there was very little ice in the meta. Uh, so that's what I ended up going with. Got it. And before we delve into the performance of that deck and, and each of us at that RTN, just because we did all start off with a big drive up for two and a half hours, we were all chatting about this, that, and the other. I always find when we travel as a team or as a group, I, I guess team has more of a formal definition. We definitely aren't one. But when we travel up as a group, I always find that the Calgary folks are a little bit more relaxed and we, we do tend to band together, um, even if we didn't go up in the same car together. And I don't know, do you, do you feel the same way? Yeah, there's, there's a, I think, a natural camaraderie when you travel with people, especially when you're going into quote-unquote enemy ter territory that we like to kind of play off of. And, you know, those people are your teammates or your friends for the day. And you're all kind of in the same goal. And, yeah, and it was, you know, I've never ridden with you and Emily and Tyler, so it was nice to sort of formulate more of a bond than I think I generally have with you guys or with them. Uh, cause typically they, we show up in different vehicles together. 
and having that opportunity to chit chat really helped me to get to know them a bit more personal than just on a, a fab level and kind of create m more of a relationship there. And I, again, as always, it's community driven. I really, really enjoy that aspect of, of the game that we do. Yeah, I I do really look forward to the car rides in a very strange way. It's a very weird thing to be looking forward to both on the trip there and the trip back. But I have a lot of great memories of our car rides up to Edmonton and back. Whether we win or lose, there's some funny stories. There's bidding on auctions in the Canadian Discord as a car. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm driving and I'm telling people, hey, bid for me, max max 50 max 70 come on like and uh there's also just yeah stopping for for a supper as you know three or four different cars halfway back to our destination there's 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 a lot of great stuff guess do you mm -hmm. have any single highlight from our from our trip up there besides fab not necessarily a highlight but one thing that i'm coming to to figure out and learn that you know, you're kind of exhausted after a long day of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine rounds playing that maybe in the moment you're not ready or able to discuss the day and the highlights and the, the low points. When we get in a car, I think your brain gets a chance to refresh while you're driving and relaxing. And I find it easier to recount the day on the way back in the drive and have those fun memories about the the game and in between round chit chats with people. And that's probably, I guess that's probably my highlight for the day. Yeah. The, the nice debrief that we all did together on the car ride back, even though there were unfortunately a few team kills, uh, both within the car and between the two cars that drove back that night, uh, which we'll touch on in, in a little bit. Yeah. It was overall uh, an incredible time. So I guess let's delve into some of the details, Shay. Um, we roll up to Dream Escape in Leduc. We were there pretty early. I think we were there a little after 10, and the doors didn't open till 10.30, so we had lots of time to relax and get prepared for it. Um, and then slowly as, as the doors open and people start to trickle in, we ended up with 26 people on the day, like we said earlier, 10 people from Calgary, one person from Leduc, from Lethbridge, that's a long drive. That's an extra, like, two hours on the drive, and then the rest were oh, yeah. from Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Dream Escape is a great store. It's very unique. There's a board game shop and, and typical, I guess you would say, LGS up front, but they have escape rooms in the back. Uh, unfortunately, we don't play Fab in any of the themed escape rooms. I think it would be fun one day if we could have a Sherlock Holmes-themed uh, skirmish or something like that, but yeah. there's a big... Uh, <laughs> It'd be pretty intense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then there's a, a big room for cards in the back as well where, where we are. And yeah, just a great store. They've, we've been up there for skirmishes, for the 1K earlier this year, um, as well as this tournament. And it's, it's great. I, uh, and it's also closer to Calgary than Edmonton by about uh, 20 minutes or so. So that's always appreciated yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah, get there, just start seeing a lot of the locals from, from Edmonton, Andrew, Adam, Brandon, which are the three Pro Tour competitors, um, but, but also a lot of the other great uh, community members that they have that are <clears throat> probably equally as, as good when, when they're on. Yeah, and there was some, a few people missing. I was sad to see that Kevin and, 
uh, Kale couldn't make it that day, mm. so it was a little bit lighter in in the original players of the Edmonton Fab scene. Um, but yeah, so how did your day go once we started? It was actually a really quiet start. I felt like we just kind of everybody was chilling in the room, and you know, and then Tyler came in and made a very short announcement about the rules level enforcement, and then we kind of got really right underway. Um, how did your how did your day start within the actual RTN? Game one was a highlight because I got paired against Sam, and this is probably the third or fourth event that we've been paired early on in a tournament. He's from Calgary, so this was an unfortunate team kill, as you can say, and I got absolutely demolished. It wasn't even close. Uh, he double-mountained me <laughs> and when I had a significant life deficit, just... And he even uh, flipped up a couple blues with his uh, Ravenous Rabbles as he was playing Briar. So mm -hmm. so not everything went right for him that could have gone right. And he still absolutely crushed me. It was not a great way to start my day, but that's all right. We're, we're resilient. We, uh, we push on. <laughs> How about you? Uh, very similar situation, actually. I got paired up against Tyler. So he was one of the players in the same car as us. And he was on Azuri, and I was playing Icelander. And I was like, I should have a decent matchup into this. He's on a bunch of reds, no blues. I should be able to tax him. And, you know, he applied a lot of pressure. And I couldn't find my windows. And when I did, he just always had a blue, wildly enough. Um, but I can't even blame it on the cards, too, because he even got penalized. And I even told him this. Well, he knows this. Um, he played two ravels, rabble, ravenous rabbles in the game, and he flipped blues on both of them. So Ouch. I can't even say he high-rolled me because he even low-rolled. So, yeah. But I ended up losing the first round, which it was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, somebody has to lose at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I remember round one was uh, a lot of team kills for our our little squad. And yeah, was jumping, jumping ahead to round three, because I think a lot of us ended up in the one-in-one -one bracket after round three i think you you were on the other side of the room i believe yep. but there were three straight tables of calgary people just uh team killing each other which was tragic i was in the middle <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah but that, that's all right when there's nine or ten of you in a 26 person event you're you're gonna see that i guess yeah, yeah it's bound to happen for sure any other highlights from i guess breakdown swiss i guess in a nutshell how how did the rest of it go for you? Yeah, after the 01, I was clawing my way back. I started at table 13 and lost, and I stayed at table 13 in the next round, uh, which I won. And then I play, ended up playing Brandon, which was one of the, you like to mention, Pro Tour players. I was able to, he had a couple of really bad turns in uh, that game in round three. He was on Viz, and he has missing Sonatas, and it gave me a few windows to to really tax him and shut his turns down. And I was able to take out a win there. Um, and then I ended up on table three for some wild reason at two and one. Uh, and then so at round four, I played into Kane, who was on Lexi. And we had a real rough start to our match. We're missing tunic triggers. Uh, he played a three of a kind out of his hand. And then he tried to codex at the end of his turn. And then we caught it before it was too late. Had to call Tyler in, the judge. It was a mess, and I made a bunch of mistakes because I was playing uh, Ranger tech that I've never used before, and I missed it in a couple instances. Didn't necessarily cost me the game. I probably already lost at that point. 
Um, so that was a really rough round four. And I think at that point I was probably mathematically out, but you know, I like to play it out. So I played round five and finally in round five, my deck did what it was supposed to do against a dash player. And I was able to get frost hexes and insidious chills on the board without taking too much damage. Then playing weather veins, making a bunch of frost bites. I think on the last turn when he was at five, I did 25 damage to him. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, too little too late at the that point in the tournament though but it did finally feel good and i think the deck started clicking just a little too late how did the rest of the day go for you felix i mean before we get into my run i i would just like to say you completely smashing or doing very well in your unfavored matchup of dash and unfortunately losing a match where you have dedicated tech <laughs> that's that's very you isn't it yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> in inconsistent would be a good way to describe me. No, it's just uh, no, it's just a little bit funny. You you seem to have an eye for approaching unfavored matchups like Icelander into Dash in in a yeah. way that that works out for you more often than yeah. you would think. So, well, thanks. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, yeah. Second round against Ranger. So, yep executed my game plan got the win yeah, round three go ahead i was gonna say you're pretty teched for ranger at this point right like you said ranger and aggro oh yeah um yeah that's that's fairly comfortable for me at this point uh with this deck round three tragedy of tragedies i get a rematch uh in the team kill rumble um between tables five and seven against lane who i talked about in the previous episode Again, amazing player, amazing guardian player. We had another epic game that I managed to squeak out a win in. I ate three full pummels to the face, ended up discarding <laughs> cards each and every time. But I think as guardian players, you you know when your opponent took extra damage to send a pummel your way, so you can you can Play expect it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so I bet you, now that I'm thinking about it, because I didn't really see that, that you were playing lane, I'm guessing everybody in the room was really happy to see the only two Oldhams playing each other. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh, man. It was tragic. And it was, I think, after this match that Sam pulled me aside. And, you know, Sam listens to this podcast, and we appreciate you and, and your friends very much. And he informed me of the prophecy and the story that in in his mind um because he and i have have uh, faced each other so many times he's absolutely smashed me in round one of the last few tournaments but i have somehow managed to recover and submarine my way up to top cut while yep. he ran into some some bad luck later on and he just told me that the prophecy might come true again and just said well we'll see and uh guess long story short uh you know we we had some extra games there there's five rounds of swiss and i did end up going uh 4-1 in the end nice. um yeah yeah making top cut again which is awesome so congratulations to you for being able to do top cut two weeks in a row that's that's quite an accomplishment yeah like my my goal for this season was to make top cut once and yeah, doing it twice just um, is well over and above what, what I thought I'd, I'd be able to achieve. And yeah, incredibly yep. thankful. Got quite lucky along the way in many aspects. So Nice. Yeah. So I, 
I ended up finishing 3-2 in 10th. Um, there was a few 3-2s that didn't make it, so that's yeah. pretty much the end of my day at that point. But you get to play Top Cut, so who was your first opponent in Top Cut? So car kill, unfortunately, between <laughs> Emily and myself. And Emily played an excellent game. She got off a triple last-ditch effort at the end and was running a spicy uh, boulder trap. Um, she, she was on Lexi, right? So this is like yes. Lexi tech uh, last dish effort. Yeah, it's it's incredible Lexi tech as uh, Lexi can take advantage of the extra arsenal slot to pull off the triple last dish effort. But um, were you aware yeah. of this kind of tech? Because I had never seen it until you guys were talking about it. Oh yeah, like you're you're keeping track of your opponent's pitch, and I know she is for me Sorry, as well. I, I meant prior to the day. Did you know last dish effort was a thing? Oh, yeah, she ran it against me last week, too. Oh, okay. I didn't know about it yet. Okay, nice. Okay, yeah, so the info yeah. was there. Cool. Yeah, and she she had, an, she had an unfortunate whiff on her quiver, which flipped up the boulder trap, which was face up on, on top of her deck, which allowed me to play around it. Mm. So definitely some, some bad luck there with the, the quiver on her end, but yeah managed to to get there and in top four played against lucas another unfortunate calgary uh you know calgary matchup but very very happy to see you know the people from our city doing well and i was again very very happy that he did so well he was the undefeated person in swiss and I just have to say, you know, from the very beginning, Lucas, who is a little bit newer to the game than someone like you or I, he's, he's been a ninja player since day one, very loyal to Takatsu in particular, and, you know, through the good and the bad, and he's just been grinding, and he finally got an epic result um, with the undefeated in Swiss and making it to the semifinals last weekend and that just speaks to everything that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks you know specialists um having really good runs in in these tournaments yep and it's lucas is a really um yeah a great example for that like you kind of mentioned and also it's really easy for us to track that um you get to see the week's uh results back to back and then even going back further to ProQuest season down in Lethbridge, he was doing fantastic in the PQ there, and he I think he also made the top cut there. So you can you can see his growth as a player finding that success, getting those reps um, day in and day out, and you know he's very close to becoming like very rewarded for it. So I I expect big things out of Lucas coming up. Yeah, and if he does decide to go to Canadian Nationals uh, with his invite that he now has. We'll be cheering for him for sure. Absolutely. Along with anyone else, yeah, from <laughs> yeah. from Calgary and Alberta as well. Yeah, so at this point, this puts you into the finals. Mm-hmm. And your opponent was Kane, I believe, and Kane was playing Lexi. He was who I played in round four and played absolutely atrocious against. So I hope you uh, did a little bit better than I did. Why don't you tell me about that? Well, the game was pretty simple. He wanted the Jabil. I wanted the sentimental value of having my name as uh, Oldham uh, yeah. on, on the living legend register for Oldham. So we, we shook hands and 
made a judge-approved plot prize split without nice. bribery or coercion. <laughs> coercion, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> None of that. Yeah. And, so. you know, I was very happy that we could work out a win-win kind of situation nice. while getting everyone back home earlier. An hour and a half earlier. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. And Yeah, so at, at the end of the day, yeah, like I, I did post on Twitter, uh, you know, just incredibly thankful and yeah, and I, I didn't, wasn't, I, I, how do I put this? I was going to be quite sad that Oldham was going to leave and it's a silly thing because very few people have the privilege of being memorialized on the living legend. Yeah. Um, whatever you call it, the register. Born. Yeah. <laughs> For a hero yep. and... I don't think anyone deserves it, um, especially not myself. You know, there's so many really good players that that haven't achieved this milestone. So yeah, I'm just completely overwhelmed with uh, yeah happiness and very thankful that at the literal last moment, you yeah, know, <laughs> I can get Literally, my name yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So do you have a plan to go forward here now that um, Oldham is not gonna? be around anymore you're gonna go back to bravo or do you want to pick up something new that you haven't played yeah that's an excellent question and with the increased amount of time that i am spending focused on judging and keeping up with all of that and the podcast and all that i'm, I'm really not sure i think uh this whole oldham uh, streak has been quite a few instances of good luck and circumstance all lining up at the last minute i'll just really take the next few months um especially before this new set release just to enjoy all the different aspects of the game explore different heroes and different play styles and who knows what the future holds this sounds so sappy it feels like <laughs> i'm breaking up with someone but that kind of is what it feels like um yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little bit sad, but uh, we'll we'll get through it. We'll persevere with, uh, you know. I've I've been playing a lot of uh, that song. I will remember you. Um, yeah, it's uh, nice. we'll we'll get over it. Is it nice? It's probably know, sad. It? We should cut this. <laughs> we can't I can cut let... whatever you want. I'll probably just leave it in because that's too much effort. All right, but yeah, overall. Yeah, an incredible time uh, up in Leduc, and yeah, I was very happy to, you know, drive up and down with you and Emily and Tyler as well, but also, you know, get that that sense of team team uh, team playing with the other cars. And at the end of the day, the tier two events are over, and for national season, if and coming up to the calling here, I know Alberta is going to band together as one big team and. We're going to leverage all of those excellent players up in Edmonton and present a unified front for, for what's coming up here. And that's what I love about our community. Yep, absolutely. I do want to just kind of touch again. I know we've been kind of beating this dead horse, but I want to, I want to hammer it home for anybody that's listening. You found success on Oldham. You know what? I didn't do terribly on Icelander. And I would say at this point, these are our comfort heroes. And we really did not get reps in this RTN season. That I, that I know we would have liked to get in. And I still think, obviously, you did good. You won an event. And, you know, making 10th in, a, in an event is not shabby in itself. So having those reps on 
a hero that we're dedicated to, I think really helped not being able to put in the time because life gets in the way. If people have children or work or you just can't find time to play, this was a way to still enjoy the game and feel like we're doing good without having to put a ton of um, reps into practicing and playing. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't overstate this enough. So many games in Flesh and Blood are dictated by predicting what your opponent's going to do as well as just maximizing the capabilities of your own hero. And Oldham is certainly a deck that rewards that sort of mastery, just knowing when to push, when to defend, um, being able to predict what your opponent's line of play is going to be as they attack you three times a turn, what's going to be the first, what's going to be the second and the third. And yeah, some of those things uh, are somewhat evergreen and will last you throughout different metas and different seasons. So yeah, can't say enough about that, uh, that accumulation of knowledge and experience over time. So I know you're working on a really good transition there to talk about community days coming up since we're recording this on June 6th and our community day, community day is on the 10th. Uh, you had a really good transition and I brought you away from it, but um, well, let's talk about community day coming up. It can still be a good transition. I mean, we, we can peel <laughs> back the fourth wall a little bit. That's fine. We're, sure. we're an open podcast here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, community days are a wonderful tradition that we have here in Calgary. And a lot of this harkens back to something that came up in our interview with Ryan Wood. And he said that one of the best ways to grow the game is to make it easy for stores and to take some of the burden of, I guess, promoting the game and running learn to plays and all of that away from the store, just to almost have a community run itself um, yeah. instead of being something that the store owner has to spend their time promoting and paying attention to and babysitting. I mean, Shay, there are so many little things that you do for example, uh, for, for the stores here. I mean, just can you list some examples off the top of your head just from a week-to-week -week basis? I, I don't know if I do stuff week-to-week. -week. I appreciate that. But um, what, I think one of the biggest things that both Arthur and I did to start, which you got on board not too long after, was uh, we sat down and we built a ton of basically welcome decks for all of the heroes because we had a bunch of uh, bulk chaff and we had nothing to do with it. So we built like a hundred decks and put them together in little team bags and then went around to the stores that were, were selling flesh and blood um, to give them, to give away to customers or to try and help entice people to at least look at the game. Um, so that was, that was a big thing, I think, because when the customer would come in and they talk about it, yep, yeah, they have this, uh, we have these promotional decks here, you go have them for free. I think people like swag, so it's always a nice thing. That's very easy to talk about. Um, and then, just the community itself always gives away bulk and is very kind to people and helping out new players whenever they come in um, with suggestions on how to build decks or where to go forward. And I know when we open up our prize packs, we always give away um, the bulk in, in the packs because I know there's people out there that are not ready to invest in the game like some of us have. Um, that's, that's a couple of ways. I know we always try and engage with them in between rounds and after the armory is over talk to them chat to them find out how their event went um and what they liked about it and just kind of make it a personable experience that you know 
yes, we just met, but we can we can be friends. We have this common ground in this game called Flesh and Blood that we really in, enjoy, and hopefully that people have a good time, and that is part of what makes them want to come back. Yeah, and all of those little things that you do throughout the day of an armory or the day of an event that's creating that nice welcoming environment that's growing the game that's enticing people to come back and all of that is making the life of the stores that choose to support our game and that want to grow that community just a little bit easier i know for both of us even more simple things like making sure that you know if we're having a draft day that you know, we we clean up after ourselves that we're not just leaving wrappers and boxes and plastic like all over the place and all the bulk is mm -hmm. distributing to the new players or piled up neatly on the end of a table and the chairs are tucked in like all, all that stuff um, is just little examples of of how everyone in the community. It's not just you and I, it's it's really everyone stepping up to create this kind of environment um two sorry i was gonna say there's always one or two people at a table that clean up packs yeah which is super awesome and it, it just feels nice for somebody to do it just a little thing for you and one thing that you kind of mentioned about us cleaning up and making sure that the chaff is neatly tidy on a table and not just a mess not the store is also part of the community and if we were just to leave our garbage from our bottles and our snacks and wrappers all all over the place the stores aren't going to want to support these community days either so showing respect to the environment that you're playing in is also really key to having everybody engaged with this and making um, it a welcoming and comfortable place yeah and just like you said our, our community days at the end of the day is a community run event just to celebrate and thank all of the people that make up this great community that we have here and that includes the stores so fundamentally it's a day where we post in the discord and we'll get the store to post it on their social medias as well as a combined community day slash learn to play day and we just tell the stores please post that there's going to be snacks there's going to be welcome decks and all we ask for the store to provide us is some space and very fortunately, one of the stores that we have locally, Ogre's Den, has a ton of space that once in a while they have a free Saturday that we can just reserve a huge chunk of their store for, um, which is great. And yeah, we'll just mobilize everyone, we'll entice them with some free giveaways. Not that most people need that incentive to come out, but it's, again, a nice way for people to to donate and and just redistribute some cool stuff um, to new players and to veteran players alike and it's a great it's a great excuse to also have a learn to play because thinking about when i was trying to promote other games in the past and promote them to the public i always felt bad for people if they're running a learn to play or or similar kind of event and there's just two people kind of sitting at a desk and they're just kind of looking at people walking around with puppy dog eyes <laughs> you know yep, just yep. waiting for the for them to be approached i think a much more successful way of engaging people is to showcase a vibrant community that already exists and what better way to do that than to get people out 
And, mm -hmm. you know, if we have 25 or 30 people all playing games, having a good time, like that sells itself much more than, you know, whoever you have sitting behind a desk waiting for people to walk up to them and ask them about the game. And, you know, the game has great table appeal, the heroes look great, the weapons, the armor. There's so many things that are just so naturally enticing about this game that that really pull you in. Yeah, you really kind of nailed it, I think, with getting starting with people already in the area engaged in the game. If you're sitting there, you and your buddy, people coming into the store aren't necessarily going to be drawn in your direction because you're not doing anything. But a, a customer walks into a store and they see this group of people playing a game. They're more, I believe they're more interested, more enticed to come over and just even look and maybe even ask a question. What are you guys playing? And you do a wonderful job of setting up like a table that says, Hey, this is an event. Come check it out. And you're always very engaged waiting at the door for anybody to come over that is any bit curious about what's happening and it so you having that front person to immediately engage with somebody as well as having tables of people playing shows that it looks shows that it's an interesting endeavor and i think that's really um good to bring people in and also you know you got donuts there and all sorts of swag hanging out so you make it to be a production like it looks like an event as opposed to just two people sitting at a table with a couple of decks of cards and it probably is that curb appeal, I think, also makes it easier for somebody to walk over and ask the question of what is going on, because then they don't feel like they're necessarily intruding on two people playing a game just between themselves. Yeah, and full credit to the entire community as well for, you know, participating. And I think every single person that comes to a community day has said to me, I'm also willing to teach. And of course, if we have like 12 new people that show interest in the game, it can't just be up to you and me and the store owner to, to teach yep. everyone because people are going to come in at different times, different people may be drawn towards different heroes. People are willing to take time out of their day to sit down one-on-one -on -one with a stranger that is not part of their community and teach them, you know, spend time. And, you know, it could take an hour or more to answer everyone's questions and to walk through hero selection and the basics of the game. And every mm -hmm. community day that, that comes on by, I'm just incredibly thankful and I'm reminded about how great our community is. It truly is a community full of leaders, not just people that want to sit passively by and, and wait for someone else to to fix their problems, right? Everyone's willing to contribute yep. in all these small ways. And it's not just you and I, like you were touching on it. The the veteran players and even the new players that come out for those community days, they're just important to that community day as the people who are putting it on. Like when those people come out and spend their time to just jam games or even teach new people, like you said, that's so helpful and so important to show that this community is worth investing, you know, new players time into, and they wouldn't be as successful without those people showing up. So, um, thank you to, from us to all those veteran players or those people that come out to those community days already. We really appreciate it. And you, those people, you guys are helping grow 
this game in Calgary? One thing that I would love to hear from, from our listeners from other places all around the world, is what do the learn to play events look like in your area? Because I'm, I'm always looking for more ideas to make our community days a little bit more special. Or maybe you are just looking to grow the game in your area and hopefully this, this little spiel has helped you out a little bit. Because I, I, I do think this is the best way to pull people in. Uh, you know, not, not employing the mall kiosk strategy of just grabbing people as they <laughs> walk by. But, yeah. but really, you know, showing organically, quote unquote, how, how fun the game is, what a great community we have and all of that. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this upcoming event in a, in a few days here. Um, it's uh it's a great thing to have right after coming off of a competitive season yeah speaking of coming off a competitive season do you have a tip for anybody that might be trying to start a community day around timing something that might uh, be a good time to start scheduling community community days or looking into it yeah and the number one tip that i have may not be obvious but it's to work with the store Schedule something far enough in advance with the store that you're not going to be squeezed into a tiny little corner of the place and maybe the owner's annoyed with you that you're taking up space from another paid event. Just really work on your relationship with the, with the store that's lending you their space to reserve a time that's far enough in advance that you can get the proper advertising, uh, both from the store and from yourself but also just to make sure that you continue to build on that symbiotic relationship. Uh, the next thing is it would probably be better to schedule that day uh, when the, we're not in the middle of skirmish season or PQ season. And potentially also, I'm a little bit mixed on this, whether it should be right at the time of a set release or not. I think there's a few arguments either way. Um, if you do schedule it at the time of a set release, then you can really capitalize on a lot of excitement, maybe get an even bigger turnout. But at the same time, if you kind of schedule it during a downtime, then maybe you can re-engage some community members that may have taken a little bit of a break from the game. Um, the timing of this event that's coming up here next weekend for us happens to be part of the group of this is coming at a bit of a downtime. You know, the next set release is about a month away. We're just coming off a competitive season. I think it would be a great opportunity to re-engage with uh, the entire community and get them out, um, see what's new, and get everyone more and more excited for, for the next set. What do you think? Yeah, those are, no, those are super awesome points. Um, I don't really have anything to add to that. Speaking of, of downtime, we are coming from a fairly hectic part of the schedule. I mean, if you think about it, we had PQ season, into skirmish season, into RTNs, and it almost felt like they were back to back to back, which is great. At the same time, a little bit exhausting, especially yeah. for people whose local tournaments are very important to them mm -hmm. like ourselves yeah and it seems like we're heading into a new season the back half of this year which has a little bit more 
emphasis on the huge events like the tier three pluses we have a couple we have the national seasons where you're going to have worlds and it seems like the local tournaments are going to be a little bit more spread out there i mean what's your strategy for keeping up that level of engagement or do you think you're going to take this opportunity to relax a little bit i was starting to get burnt out mm. last week i think i was really feeling it uh, i think is part of why my ability to prepare for the rtn was i felt very low like that's why part of why i felt uh, underprepared was i couldn't bring myself to message people to be like hey do you want to practice and even jam games on talishar i think i was starting to feel it finally after a couple of years of thinking about this game on a daily basis and talking about it every day and um, playing with decks and stuff like that so i am definitely ready for a break i'm at least taking this week off i know it's very short but i'm at least taking this week off from armories i'm not going to go to the tuesday wednesday or probably even the sunday one at this point i will obviously attend community day on saturday right um, but that's, that's a different speed than going to an armory where, um, you know, you're, you're playing games and stuff like that. I might even take another week off. Um, cause yeah, I, I am definitely feeling it. And then with the addition of the podcast, as well as trying to focus on being a, a semi-competitive player along with personal life, it's becoming too much for myself. So I definitely need a break. Um, but I, I still love the game and I still think about it all the time. So I don't even know how long that break is going to take. Um, or how long I'll be in that break before I, I just want to get back to playing because I, I do truly love playing this game and I really enjoy it. So I think my break could be very short. How about you? How are you feeling about the competitive season? Yeah, I mean, for me, definitely I'm going to pivot to focusing on the community, on the podcast, on being a better judge, all of those different things now that the the back-to-back-to-back of local tournaments is is gone. Um, I don't think I feel burnt out as a player just because I have been, <laughs> I don't want to say coasting for a while, yeah. but but I, I have been managing, I guess, uh, just because work has been absolutely crazy for me for the past, like, six months, I would say. So I've already kind of been in that mode where I'm, I'm just really focusing on, on the parts of the game that I enjoy, which is the community building, judging, uh, this podcast, um, and all of those things. And I expect that to continue um, as we head into the back half of this year. I personally am really looking forward to some of the bigger events as well. Like, I, I am lucky enough where I think I'll be able to travel to Vegas um, I will apply to judge there. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if I'm selected. I'll be very thankful. Nice. Yeah. I'll be very thankful if I'm selected, but even if not, uh, it sounds like a great time. And the same thing for Canadian nationals. Um, I would love to be able to, to judge there and, and to be able to just further help out the broader Canadian opportunity, you know, see Fred in person again, for example, and, and all those different things. So there's a lot of things to look forward to in the back half of this year. And for me, it's just going to be about, yeah, just continuing to focus on, on growing the local community, supporting, supporting all our local players as they prepare for those bigger events or, or even if they just want to get better for themselves. And yeah, I'm just really looking forward to um, having a little bit more of a break uh, in between those uh, 
those competitive uh, events. Yeah, nice. Well, Shay, I know uh, last episode I promised it would be a little bit shorter. This one, I think uh, <laughs> I'll finally be able to follow through <laughs> on that promise. Yeah, I, this went 20 minutes longer than I thought it was going to, to be honest. So you have a, a gift for the gab, as they say. Yeah, well, what, 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 what can I really say to that? <laughs> Someone tells you you know. talk too much and what are you going to say? Whatever you say, you're going to prove them even more right. I guess so, yeah true you can't yeah. you can't win either way so checkmate no it's good if it Role wasn't well, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for you talking so because <laughs> you, you like to point out that i don't talk enough so <sighs> i'm just yeah. a man of few words felix yeah but but each one counts shay that's the important <laughs> thing so all right i do i do want to give a little shout out to andrew who just started listening to our podcast and he crushed out at least three episodes today. Uh, I know he did because he was messaging me about every single episode. So thank you for the time that you're putting in, Andrew, and also anybody else that listens to this. We really do appreciate your time uh, listening to our podcast. And with that... Please follow us on YouTube at IP2Podcast, on Twitter at IP2Podcast, and on Mastodon, IP2Podcast at Wraith.Social. Thank you. Listening to the sultry sounds of the IP2 podcast with your hosts, Shay Ashby and Felix Chung. No? <laughs> Do you want to keep it?